for me, the polarizing thing can be about control. It's like, I want think I had good intentions. Mm-hmm. I wanted things to turn out this way. I did all these things to make sure it turned out this way. It didn't turn out that way. It's garbage. Mm-hmm. You so, know, it's mm-hmm. like a, a desire to control my environment, control my experience, have my expectation met, things mm-hmm. like that. And there's a certain point where you're like, okay, this is outside of mm-hmm. my locus of control. And what I can control is how I react and respond in this situation. What I can control is my thoughts and my emotions. Mm-hmm. And like focusing, again, focusing the energy where it's going to be best used. I can- Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Buffet Podcast. I am your host, Brandon, joined by my beautiful partner, Siandra. <laughs> Welcome back to the Buffet Podcast, episode 94. Woo, woo. Wow, that's great. Pretty soon we're going to be taking over for the 99. 99. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't work exactly. Nah, the same, but it works. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll make we'll make it work. Now, so we took a little break, combination of vacation and getting our life together. Just wanted we needed a break, so we took it. Mm-hmm. Self care, y'all. It's important. And the summer's a little weird anyway. I am sure that you will notice that from other content that you listen to. People be going places, doing things. And sitting down and recording isn't always the thing that you want to do mm-hmm. in the summer where you could be doing things and going places. That part. It's going to be another break. Yeah. That's what I'm trying they, to they get coming. to. They coming. We're going to sprinkle them in, sprinkle as, them as, in. As, as appropriate. Maybe one day we'll get not saying lit enough where we'll be recording on location or something like that, but... Today you might be, some, be a little bit of you're gonna be do some breaks as appropriate mm-hmm. because that is appropriate. You're right. All right, so it's been a couple of weeks, but we're gonna get right into it. Uh, starting starting us off with a clip sent to us by one of our longtime you know supporters, my boy, Ooh. my boy Rob. You know what I'm saying? We don't have a hand clap. Do we have a hand clap? I don't know. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, we need to get some hand claps okay. up in here. Yeah, there we go. And start some clapping, snaps too. Start clapping right now. <laughs> All right, we're going to get right up into it. Give us a second, get this together. I got the power today. We do. Do you find relationships to be transactional? Yes. Like all of mm. them. Everything is transaction. Breathing is a transaction. I just hate the word transaction. A transaction means I'm bartering to me. It means mm-hmm. that I'm only coming to you because I need something from you. Using each other. We're a social animal. Okay. We, we need each other to survive. Parents need their children to continue the bloodline, aka to not go extinct. So there's nothing wrong with needing. There's nothing wrong with using people. Using people incorrectly. That's how you break stuff. You use a hammer to hold open a door. Right. You break the hammer. You use it as a fork. You break your teeth. Fundamentally, if things are truly transactional from a very clear space, everybody benefits because like, oh, you're valuable to me. How are you valuable to me? Because you have value, which means you're useful, which means you're to be used. Mm-hmm. You can't say that someone is valuable to you and say you don't believe in transaction. Saying this is valuable. I want this. I need this. That's a beautiful thing. I need you because you're so valuable. It's romantic. I like that explanation. Yeah. You find relationship. What do you think? I think transactional definitely gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. I think that's very true. 
when America we, made it a dirty word. A dirty word. I think when we think about transaction, we think often, I mean, a lot of our transactions are single transactions, right? It's something that happens once or it happens infrequently and there isn't uh, much care or thought put into all the transactions that we have. And so I think something being transactional seems like there isn't an opportunity for there to be love and care mm-hmm. within a transactional right. relationship. And because most of us are seeking love and care in our rela- romantic relationships, specifically hearing the word transactional sounds it, bad. It doesn't have a good connotation at all. It doesn't. However, and also <laughs> I think that people recognize that there is, a net benefit that happens when you're in a relationship. And so if there's benefits, those benefits come at some sort of rate of exchange, right? Mm -hmm. Like in choosing to interact, be in this relationship, I'm trading off my singleness and some of my freedom and flexibility. That in itself is a transaction. Like that in itself and saying like, okay, I'm going to take myself off the market. Mm Mm-hmm. Is a transaction. Like, I think there are things that are transactional about a relationship inherently Mm -hmm. that maybe we don't necessarily consider. And then there is the idea that a relationship overall is transactional. And I think that that's the part that you would get the most pushback on. Because I don't think that every single occurrence in our relationship is transactional. But I do think that there are like certain points where transactions happen. Yeah. I I would agree with that statement. Like <clears throat> the overall, I guess, sound of transaction when it comes to the the context of a, of a relationship doesn't seem, doesn't sound good at all. Mm-hmm. It sounds very, uh, I give you money, you make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Types of type. And I think that's what I was that Mandy. I think mm-hmm. that's what she was coming. What she why she doesn't like the idea is like eh, like it feels very cold and like like I'm provide I'm providing a service uh, irrespective of how I feel about it. Like I'm doing a job. I'm I'm, I'm you know type of situation. Mm-hmm. And even though it sounds it doesn't sound good. Uh, like to your point, it is, and there are aspects of transaction within our our relationships, whether that be romantic or not. You, you typically don't have. Well, I, I usually it becomes a problem. Now I'm bringing in my uh my my therapy stuff into it now. Like it usually becomes a problem when you are in a relationship in which there are no for no you're not getting anything out yeah. of it but harm that's when you're talking to that's when you're talking to me talking about something like yo i need to be able to be, i need to start putting up boundaries or or in things and things of that nature or having to cut off people like all relationships are are inherently like transactional in some way may, it, it may may not be money it probably isn't money but there is something there's there is a give and take mm-hmm. when it comes to uh relationships and like you say like you know there's a time time investment you know saying so, you know there's an emotional investment there's a physical investment there's a lot of different investments that in ways in which you pay but you, you just not using money you Using your life, you're using you. You're, 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 damn, that sounds that sounds even worse, right? Yeah, right. But you're but you're using you, which I, which I would posit is a is a higher commodity. Is mm-hmm. is worth more than mere money because you can get money, you can't get you know time and life back. Yeah. So I guess with that being in mind, because these relationships 
can't have an element of transaction. We have just like we should look at how we spend our money. We also should be looking at the relationships like that as well. And like, you know, how, are, like, how is this transaction being, you know, are, are you getting the value or the, the value that you see from the relationships that for what you're putting into it, mm-hmm. just like, you know, if you're, if you're giving somebody a thousand dollars, but all they doing is, you know, giving you water from the tap, you're going to be looking at that like, yo, like what, what, what kind of tap water is this? Like, I don't know if I want to spend this kind of money. I'm doing, a, I'm, I'm giving you a whole lot for not very much or anything at all. I could do this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I say that to say there is a, there are, are elements of transaction. And because there are elements of, tra- of transaction within a relationship, which is nothing wrong with that, we should be more, more aware of just how, how we're spending that, that commodity, which is ourselves. You're right. There was something that came up in a James Clear email a while ago mm-hmm. about are you spending the majority of the time, majority of your time with the people who make you the happiest or something, or the people who mm. fill your bucket the most? Uh, it was, was it the Pareto? I think it was based off the Pareto principle or something like that. Was that, that? sounds right. Okay. What? It was yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, that sounds right. But this idea that like, you know, the percentage of time that we spend with the people who make us the happiest or make us the mm-hmm. most fulfilled needs to be greater than the percentage of time we spend with people who aren't, right. you know, reinvesting in us or aren't offering us anything. So yeah, it's just, I, think, I think that's based off the Pareto principle. Was like whatever had whatever has the most impact on the, you know, over an outcome. That's the thing that you need to focus your energy on. Mm-hmm. Like what makes you the most money? That's the thing that you need to be focusing the most of your time on doing. What what who brings you the most happiness? Those are the people that you want to have in your life most often. Yeah, that's you know stuff, stuff, stuff like that, and hmm, yeah, I was I in in thinking that I don't know if this is this is related or but but before I go into that, we are in agreement that there is like an element. My man's was kind of was kind of right on, yeah. on point when it comes to like there are yeah, there's like a give and take in, within a relationship, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. We all transacting. We all tra- damn. We all transact. Transactional. I think that might be the name of the episode. We all transacting. We all. I don't think transacting. Nah, no, it's not. But we're gonna make it up. <laughs> nah, I maybe mean, need to change that because transactionalizing. You know, yeah, because like because transacting it, it makes it feel like we're acting like we're trans. trans. It's like no, nah, we don't want that. We don't want that energy. No, we all. What is it? It is Pride Month though. We all. It's all a transaction. Oh, I like that. It's all a transaction. We all buying and selling. (laughs) It's all a transaction. Give me one margarita. (laughs) That is the prime uh, transactional relationship song. Give me me one one margarita. margarita. I'm going to open my legs. Give me two margaritas. I'm going to get you some head. Give me three margaritas. Something, something. Uh, dang, and she told you what what it is. Prices is on the ten. Yeah, prices is right there. It's a sticker, the sticker price. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know we were uh, previously we were talking about we had like another. This is a very quick topic. We, we kind of skated through this one, which okay. ain't no problem. But we were talking about uh, another one of your topics of, of uh, ruminating thoughts. ruminating thoughts. 
Tell us more about that. Okay. So for some context, last week I did a meditation that was about ruminating thoughts and about overthinking. And I'm sure that we've all heard someone say like, oh, I'm just an overthinker or we know someone who feels like they're an overthinker or you yourself may identify as a person that's an overthinker. And what you're actually doing is you're having ruminating thoughts. And what that means is that you're like obsessing having a stream of thoughts kind of continuously pop up around, usually around a negative experience. Um, But sometimes it can happen for people who are also like anxious and maybe are being faced with a challenge. So it could be just like, you have to make a decision. Um, It's like a, a different variation of the same thing. But typically when you're ruminating, you're having obsessive thoughts about a negative experience um, or a challenge and taking on a negative uh, uh, lens in response to that. So there are four different ways that people ruminate. And I wanted us to talk about ways that we personally ruminate as well as just explore the four different types. Mm. So the first type is personalizing. It's when something bad occurs, you automatically blame yourself or you always blame yourself. The second type is filtering. You magnify the negative aspects of a situation and filter out the positive. Mm. The third type is catastrophizing. You automatically assume and anticipate the worst. The fourth type is polarizing. Things are either good or bad. There's no in between. If it's not perfect, it's a failure. That's it. Okay, what was the other two again? The first two you said? Personalizing, mm-hmm. filtering, there we go. Catastrophizing and polarizing. So I will invite you to share first. Which what is your personal brand of rumination? I already should know. I already know. I am a catastrophizer of Significant skill. <laughs> I it, you a black belt in catastrophizing? Multi, I think I'm a, I'm I'm multi uh, multi level black belt. Damn, I'm like a you know fifth dan black belt of catastrophizing. Nah, I ain't gonna say I ain't that I ain't that deep. I ain't that deep. But I'm definitely a black belt. Definitely a black belt of uh, catastrophizing. Uh, and it's kind of built in. It's it's built in into like everything of me, like off like my thoughts. I kind of which. I've been I've managed to I would say kind of use it to my advantage in the sense that I I I feel like it kind of helps me maintain a nonchalantness and and like chillness about me because mm-hmm. it's like I'm I'm everything I'm experiencing is like more than I'm expecting. So it's like hey, I'm kind of happy right now. I'm kind of I'm kind of good right like, yeah, it's whatever. I and I could, it's what's happening is not worse than what I've imagined in my head, mm. which sounds kind of terrible. Which I understand there's there's some there are issues with that. There can be problems with that. But like my catastrophizing stuff is like I, I always assume like the absolute worst happens. Usually it's like you know for example it could be like a you know a, I hear a noise in the car, whatever is the most expensive thing that can possibly go wrong. That's what I'm assuming is going to be. It's like ah shit. This is going. This is going to be multiple thousands of dollars, and it could just be like a fifty dollars, fifty dollar change. But maybe that's not a good example because cars typically usually just be costing out the ass for no reason when it's a, when it's a, a problem. But like a lot of the scenarios, I usually go like, what's the worst thing that can? What's the worst possible way 
or the worst thing that could happen given this situation. And then I then I try to reframe it. So okay, then what's the best possible, you know, thing that can probably come out come out of this, and then try to split the difference mm. to manage your expectations. Yeah, to manage my, yeah. Do you feel like you're also a pessimist? Yeah, I think I, I think I, I think I lean more to, towards the pessimism pessimism on the spectrum. Mm. Okay, fair. So you you don't feel like between optimistic and pessimistic, you're one hundred percent pessimistic. No, no, I'm not. But if realist is in the center, you would be yeah right of center. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I I actually consider myself more of a realist than anything else. But like, I'm pretty sure like I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards like the pessimism because I re- even though I am a whole therapist and stuff like that, I secretly have like a like a uh distrust of humanity. Like while I know we are we are we are capable of great awesome things, I'm also quite vividly aware of how fucking terrible humans can also possibly be. And I know that humans generally are just selfish, self, selfish creatures. Not saying that's like a that's like a bad thing. It's just like we are generally like self serving. We, we look out for ourselves and think people closest to us before we think about anybody else. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think there's anything necessarily uh, wrong with that. But because I know that, I usually err on the, on the side of like people are going to do things that are that align with them first and foremost before they think about you. Before they go, before they help you with anything, they, they got to make sure that they, they good, mm-hmm. which I subscribe to as well. So I'm just real, a real, I feel like I'm realist enough to recognize like that, that to be a truth and move with that knowledge. Okay. I support that. Mm-hmm. But this is a side note. Mm-hmm. When we talked about snitches and people snitching, mm-hmm. you say, that that's not right, that they shouldn't do that, that they should honor the code. And I tell you that it's because they're looking out for themselves. If it's between me and you, I'm going to choose me. So now do you see why people snitch? I mean, I, I, I never, I never denied like the, the reasons or like the motivations for why, why people would, would snitch and stuff like that. Like, and on, to a certain sense, I I agree with it, and I'm saying that, and I say that because I'm a civilian. I could say that, like, hey, if I see something, I'm, I'm gonna say something. So, it's, but that being said, like, I also recognize that, like, you you put you did a uh you made a part of a code, like you signed up for this shit, and part of this way of life comes with these things, and these things say this is how we supposed to. I changed my down. mind. Nah, Why can't I change not, my mind? That's not how you so you should have changed your mind before you you got caught it doing the thing. Let me out, <laughs> and now yeah. I'm trying to get out, and this is my way. Yeah, that's, so, that's so, kind of a solid way to get out. Be like, oh, I snitched. No one will ever trust you again, and you'll never get caught up in any fraudulent activity because now you've been labeled as a snitch. A little tip for you guys there. I mean, you may not live. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, I mean. You got to take what comes with that too. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So, so 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 it's like, sure, like the people on the on the the civilian side, they want to look at you, and they they might have like judgment, like, oh yeah, you broke the code, but like they're not living that life. They they're not gonna do nothing to you. You mm-hmm. got to worry about the people that you you snitched and the people who live in that life who who are who who may believe themselves to be the arbiters of that. Street justice. Mm. So, like, you, you you ain't gonna have no problem from the police. You ain't gonna have no problems from the regular law-abiding citizen. But you might, you know, what I'm saying you might be, you might they might catch you at a red light. You know, what I'm saying and bing bong boom. You know, justice, street justice. We, we don't, we did y'all are not supposed to be doing this type of shit. But what what do I know? I'm just just going off of my understanding of what the streets supposed to be 
doing. Whether or not you snitch, I ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yo, that wasn't right by the standards that you hold yourself up to. Because if you, if it was someone else, you would have been out here, you would have been out there talking this cash shit about, hey, you snitching, like, blah, blah, blah. rat, you know, kill all rats, and then you want to turn around and beat them. Come on, man. I don't know if that's true. I just believe that there's more gray area than we are allowing there to be. But this was a sidebar. It really was. Um, you. Me. Me yeah, and what, what? my ruminating Yes, what kind, what's your ruminating? Loki, I, after this meditation, I was like, all of them. <laughs> I am every single one of them. But I would say my biggest, the biggest one biggest. is probably, probably filtering. And when I think about the situation this week with the task, I was, I was completing a task. I did not want to complete the task because I felt like it was too much work and it wasn't worthwhile. And as I'm thinking about it, all of the negative thoughts are the ones that keep coming up. Like it's too much work. I don't even know if I'm going to get it. I don't even know if I want to do this. Mm. It's hard. I'm not ready for this. I don't have the skills for that. Those thoughts just kept like cycling through over and Mm -hmm. over again. And none of the positive thoughts of like, okay, I feel more prepared now than I felt in the past. I feel like I do have some skills that I would be able to show. I'm confident that after I complete this task and it's done, like I'm probably going to feel better for having tried and like actually going through with it. So the positives of like, oh, this is an opportunity. It's not an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there. It was very much, this is an obstacle to my success. <laughs> this thing is in my way. This task is holding me back. Not yeah. this task is an opportunity for me to yeah. show my skills. This task is an opportunity for me to reflect on my growth and like, you know, be creative and and do something. None of that was there. It was all an obstacle in my brain. And I recognize that as I like talk to you or talk to different people about it, what was the first thing that I said and how, how did my tone or my face kind of convey how I felt about it? And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely filtering. This is, I'm seeing this is all bad. Mm-hmm. All bad. But then now that you're on the other side of it, I'm not all the way on the other side. Well, like now that you're like Pat, you've done like the majority of the work. It's easier for you to recognize, like, oh, I was wilding back then. I ain't say all that. <laughs> I don't think that I was wilding, but I do recognize that, that having that perspective. Mm-hmm. Only added to the challenge mm, made it because harder. the mental energy that I could have spent on completing the task, I had already spent some of it on not like on on the energy that I spent of not wanting to do the task, the energy that I spent resenting the fact that the task existed, mm-hmm. um, and like looking at it from that lens. All that energy had been, uh, or a good portion of my energy had been spent on that. So when it came time to do the actual task, I felt. A little afraid. Mm. I hear that. Mm-hmm. But my second uh, brand would be the what's it called? Catastrophizing, no, polarizing. polarizing, polarizing. Oh yeah, that. I mean, for me, filtering and polarizing kind of go hand in hand in the sense that, like, filtering is just like you focus 
focus on the negative and you clear out the positive mm-hmm. and polarizing is just like it's either good or it's bad there mm, isn't no anything in between, in between. Yeah. and uh, for me yeah. they kind of work hand in hand i can be very they much just, like if they all if all didn't <laughs> go right it was wrong it was wrong it was garbage it was trash i don't like it i don't want it um yeah i i have a lot of black and white thinking at times and so you said? You said black on white. Oh. Black and white. Yeah. Call me young zebra. <laughs> what sound do zebras make? Zebra. I have that's a good that is a very good question. I have no idea what sound zebras mm-hmm. make. So somebody go look that up, I guess. Dang. And put and put that it up. Would be my um name as a rapper and it would be my sound. Young Zebra? Yeah, young Zebra. And, and, your, and your call to action, <laughs> it, it'll be whatever they sounded mm-hmm. in instead of the, the lighter from Wheezy. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> It's like, oh shit, Young Zebra about to be on the track. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, since you said, damn, I was like, hearing you say that, the polarizing one, I was like, yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for me, for me, my secondary one will probably be personalizing. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. E- like even, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Like what could what could I have done differently? Which which <clears throat> I don't think is necessarily anything wrong with it inherently. Which it's being like you know taking trying to take ownership first and foremost. Like okay, where what, if there was any points of failure, what were the points of failure that that were within my control? I think that's what the intent behind that thought process is for for me. But it can be. Sometimes it's not useful because sometimes it's not anything I could have done, or it's not my fault, or it's you yeah. know somebody's fault, or it's circumstances, or it's a shared responsibility, you know, responsibility, or it just shit happens type yeah. situation. And a lot of times, I you know, I I take on a lot the brunt or a lot lot of that onto myself. I'm sure that there's a you know a, few, a several therapy sessions I can like. I can use to kind of break apart where that comes from and what I can mean and things of that nature. But at the heart of it, I think it, it, I think it's rooted in just my, my values of just like self, uh, self-determinism and, and self-reliance of just being like, yo, if something went wrong within my life, it must mean I was deficit. I, it was a deficit on, on my end in some way. Uh, and I would like to identify it and figure out how that could not be a thing in the future. And I say, do that, do that thing, but also recognize that it's only sometimes, sometimes there's only so much that you personally can do within, with, with that situation. It's like, yeah, sure. You know, you could have, you could have did this or that, but maybe that's something you could have done only in hindsight. Maybe at the time with the information that you had, that's all you had. And then you made the decision with that, with that and then mm-hmm. and, and turn out as well or to the, to your satisfaction. And now you blame yourself for not having information that you didn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think hearing you say that makes me think about, for me, the polarizing thing can be about control. It's like, I want think I had good intentions. Mm-hmm. I wanted things to turn out this way. I did all these things to make sure it turned out this way. It didn't turn out that way. It's garbage. Mm-hmm. You so, know, it's mm-hmm. like a, a desire to control my environment, control my experience, have my expectation met, things mm-hmm. like that. 
And there's a certain point where you're like, okay, this is outside of mm-hmm. my locus of control. And what I can control is how I react and respond in the situation. What I can control is my thoughts and my emotions. Mm-hmm. And like focusing, again, focusing the energy where it's going to be best used. I get that. and But I also think there is a... There's a, a a bit of optimism within that polar within that polarizing mm. thought because you know I think there's like a like a maybe an expectation or a maybe just a, like a wish of like a fairness like I did I did everything right I did everything I was supposed to do why did I not get the outcome that mm-hmm. like it, like if I do, if I do this this and this I'm supposed to get this and if it doesn't show up then I must mean throw it all away everything was everything everything was wrong because like. I did. I followed the path. I didn't get the. I didn't get the outcome. And I think within that, there's a kind of a certain belief, you know, a certain optimism in the. If I if I just do do it right and come in with the right uh, mentality, with the with the right intention, things are going to work out as they are supposed to. And as I'm sure we all know by now, you know, in our adulthood, that that's just not how it works all the time, unfortunately. And yeah, yeah. Boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. Right? I'm supposed to be rich. I'm supposed to have money. I went to school. I got a That's degree. That's what they told you. I got a you got degree. Two. I got another degree. Mm-hmm. Got licenses and certifications. They said I'm supposed to be making a million dollars more than who anybody else who did, who people who didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they said over a lifetime, but yeah, math ain't math. We didn't read that right. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> thought. Or a lifetime. Okay, cool. By the time I'm thirty, right? I'm that's a smoking. lifetime, right? People that people that be dying at thirty every day, me. That's a lifetime. How much is a lifetime? I should have had an asterisk. A lifetime is measured over sixty-five <laughs> to seventy years. Yeah, y'all should have let us know the full picture. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it, it, there's a these are these are interesting. This is a, a interesting four piece to the ruminating. I don't think this is. I, I, I mean, I've heard of each of the, well, not, yeah, I've heard of each of these things in isolation, but I've never heard of it in the context of like bringing it all together under like ruminating thought. Maybe I have heard of it, maybe way back in like, back in school or something like that, but I I feel so long ago. Uh, But I think, I think that is a great uh, exercise to kind of. You know, go through it and trying to identify where you may fall within it, and you know what do you want to do with it. You know? I think sometimes just knowing mm-hmm. what's going on half is half the battle. Yo, Joe, and being able to call it out, like, oh, I'm ruminating and I'm filtering. Like once I realized that I was filtering, I was like, okay, so what are the positives? And then I like challenge myself to think about the positives. Like, okay, I'm being given an opportunity. I'm doing better this time than I did the last time. I know more this mm-hmm. time than I knew the last time. I have done something like this in the past and gotten positive feedback on it. Like all of those kind of things were helpful mm-hmm. to counter the way that I was currently like having obsessive thoughts. So I think if we could talk about a counter for all of them, that might be helpful. So I'd say for the filtering, if you're only thinking about the negative, give yourself, I don't know, five, 10 minutes and write down all the positive things. And I know we're talking about like tasks and things that are not directly related to a relationship, but to give you a relationship example, I saw that too. Mm -hmm. To give you a relationship example, 
if you have an argument or disagreement with your partner and you have filtering as the type of rumination that you do, the only thing that's going to cycle through your mind typically are negative aspects of your relationship or what that person said in the argument, right? Like you're just going to keep thinking about like, why would they say this? Why would they do this? And I don't like his breath and I don't yeah. like his upper lip. And start like, coming up some scenarios yeah, and, and all these more. other things. So you need to stop yourself. Stop stopping. Stop it. And then help yourself reframe and look for positive things. Write those things down. Maybe say those things out loud. Whatever it is that will be most beneficial to you to kind of get those thoughts to help. Yeah. To get new thoughts into your brain. So that way you can focus on something else. What would you say for the catastrophizing? What's the solution? A potential, I guess, strategy for us people who catastrophize is, I I mean, I can only go off of what I found to be uh, useful for me. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned it before of just reframing. That's, that, that is the best way I could do it, is reframe it. So like what, your mind is automatically going towards the worst case scenario. That's great. Unfortunately, your mind stops there. So I encourage you to to, to challenge your mind to continue that scenario building that you're doing mm-hmm. by challenging by saying, then what's the positive? What's the the best possible outcome of any whatever situation that you're in? Um, and typically, you know, that can help. Uh, for me, like I say, I do. I do the catastrophizing off top, so I ain't got to worry about that. That's I come standard standard package. So I got to come. So I come in and be like, "What's the what's the best way? What's the best possible outcome?" And then I try to split the difference and you know try to figure out you know what's while the the negative outcome or or the positive outcome is possible. You know what's the probability mm. you know of it? You know you know possible and possible and probable aren't the same thing. Any damn near anything is possible. But what's the probability of it happening? I can walk across the street if I, you know, I mean, I can get hit by a bus when I cross the street. But the probability of it is low because I haven't left my apartment today. So last I checked, you know, buses ain't running through apartments on the fourth floor. I was going to say, especially not (laughs) on the fourth floor. So you get what I'm saying? So like, the magic school bus crash into this hole and we die? That meant to be. Miss Frizzle. We dead. Damn, I'm dead. (laughs) We big dead. And no one was gonna know because the magic school bus is imaginary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so I, that's a that's an exercise that I've done with some of my clients before. You know, to do what's possible and probable. You just kind of think about that. Like while you know the scenarios that you're coming up in your head that are, you're coming up in your head are all quite probably quite possible. But what uh, what's the probability of it happening? Given the information that you have available to you now, and how do you know that to be true? How do you know? Mm-hmm. How do we know? Mm-hmm. Okay, for my second one, which is... You, you said polarizing. You already do polarizing? N- no, I did filtering. Okay. I think, yeah, so polarizing. That's the one where you're, it's either all good or it's all bad. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. And it's going to be what it's going to be. That is the best response to, especially because typically if I'm polarizing, it's after something has happened, right? Like 
it's it's over, Ma. Like you can't do nothing about you can't it. Do, now. You can't do nothing about it. And these thoughts and the energy that you're spending on it is not helping you. So it is what it is. <laughs> the more you think about it after the fact, the harder it's going to be to be able to course correct in any any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, I'm sorry, y'all. Yon. My yarns are increasing in succession, and this one eye right, is starting water. water. So that means you know, saying we gotta <laughs> gotta wrap this up real quick. So I think I do my second one, which was the the personalizing. Uh huh. Just hey, everything ain't about you. It's not. Everything isn't about you. The world doesn't revolve around you, and there That's are suspicious. right, and you know. Take take accountability or what have you. If you fucked up, you fucked up. But like, recognize your what's the word? What else? What am I looking for? Right, recognize like the situation and 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 be able to tell like, okay, mm-hmm. I had little to no control over this particular outcome. So you know, you didn't win the lottery. That's not your fault. You played. You did everything that you could do. It's yeah. just the number, number randomizer shit. That's not within your control. You ain't got no mm-hmm. control over it. You played the game. You did everything you're supposed to do. You got there on time. You now I'm saying you gave him the right amount of money. You picked the right game. You know you picked your numbers from your dream and your grandma's birthday and all that stuff like that. It's just when the numbers came out, that's not in your control. So that's you know what I'm saying you're not a loser. Yeah, that's exactly right, babe. All you can control is your effort and mm-hmm. your input. The output, the mm-hmm. outcome. It is what it that is. It is. Maybe that, need, maybe is. that need to be the name of the episode. It is what it is. Ho. And you should start. I mean, we all need to do this. Me as well. You should start treating your effort as the success, not the outcome. Did I do? Did I put in my maximum effort? Did I do the best that I could? Mm-hmm. That's success. I achieved. There we go. Because you did more than what you started with. You you are so you are at a point further along than when you started, mm-hmm. and then you can build from that. I like. I think that's a pretty good. Uh, ooh, that's the so big. All right, all right, y'all. Yeah, I think that we did our we did our uh, final food for thought. Yeah. We, we appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of the Buffet Podcast. We'll see y'all next week. Once again, if you haven't by now, go ahead and like and subscribe. Just just do it. All right, y'all. <laughs> y'all be easy. Peace.